Hi there, I'm Jake Comfrey. This is the Premier League Tonight podcast. Premier League Tonight is live on BT Sport 1 on Saturday from 8pm. But if you missed the show for any reason, you can catch up anytime and anywhere on iTunes, Acast and all the best podcast providers. I was joined at St Mary's after Southampton against West Brom by Martin Keown, Owen Hargreaves and Saints legend Franny Benali. Remember, if you want to get involved in the show as one of our fan pundits, please email btsportfanpundit at gmail.com. Right, these are the best bits from the latest edition of Premier League Tonight. First, we can only start in one place, and that's Huddersfield. It's half-time, it's 2-0. I'm absolutely beside myself, I've lost my voice. I think I've burst the wood for Salim and I can't believe it. Absolutely fantastic goals. Aaron Moy, like, just hit it, flew straight in, and then Dipuatcha held off his mind really well, smashed it home, 2-0. That was one of the greatest performances I have ever seen from Huddersfield Town. That is how you play against a top six side. David Wagner got his tactics spot on today and United just didn't have any answers. They threw everything at us, including the kitchen sink. They just couldn't find a way through. Town was superb today. I kept, we've just beaten Man United and we thoroughly deserved it. Everybody, every single player gave their all, played out their skin. Absolutely amazing. Bring on Liverpool next week. Town are back. Love that, the confidence of a newly promoted team. And this was a, a tweet from Sir Patrick Stewart. He actually sent this at half-time in the game, so maybe he was living in the future because he knew what was going on. So happy and so proud, he says. And there is something about this confidence that promoted teams bring with themselves to the Premier League, isn't it? They just sort of remarkably pick up where they left off the previous season. Well, well it is remarkable. They've already got more points than I thought they'd get for the, for the whole season. It's right. been, I mean, to beat Manchester United today, I mean, that, what does that do for your confidence? Yeah. You know, Wagner will feel now that his players are, are Premier League players proper. Because when you come up, there's that suspicion in the back of your mind, do I belong at this level? Well, now they, they surely do. And that is a brilliant result for them tonight. But Mourinho, I can't help thinking, you know, leaving Rashford on the bench and Mkhitaryan, he's got really what he deserves. He's, he's taken away some of the freedom from this team. Put the handbrake on him. It's not a tap you can turn on and off. And they couldn't respond today uh, with, with enough to beat a Huddersfield team. And that is a little bit of an embarrassment for Manchester United. And we'll talk about United in just a couple of moments. But first, one man who has to take so much credit for the way things are at Huddersfield is David Wagner. And this is what he had to say. This is a very, very proud moment. We all together know how huge this win is uh, for us, Huddersfield Town, uh, that we've beaten uh, Man United. I think it's very important that we all together are very humble, that we are very realistic and uh, have no unrealistic expectations. I think we, we work with this football club now nearly since two years on the extraordinary, day in, day out. Uh, but we cannot take these performances for guaranteed. Uh, and this is very important that we uh, stay humble, totally humble. This brought us this little bit of success which we had so far in these two years and uh, this is nothing we will change in the future. He's so impressive, isn't he? He went in there and made such a difference and I like the fact that he goes and beats Man United and the first message is stay humble. He's not going to allow his players to get carried away, is he? But they can't, can they? I mean, you know, it's a newly promoted side. They've got that confidence, that run of results, that, and that breeds confidence to the team. Home form was crucial as well to a, a side that you would almost, as a lot of people have, written them off at, as relegation teams straight away. So, uh, 
yeah, keeping keeping a lid on it and not getting too excited or carried away is uh, is a sensible approach, I'd say. You know, the Premier League, you can get brought back down to earth with a bump just like that. No, but not with that type of man. Look, everybody's trying to overplay football, you know, over too much possession, too many passes, but these guys give themselves a chance. They outworked Manchester United today, and that's why they won the game. Mourinho said that after the game, they deserve to win, and I think just through sheer effort and good organisation, the manager's terrific, you know, they press, they work hard as a team, and it's a remarkable achievement for a team just to come up to, to beat a Manchester United who have so many top players is, is an incredible achievement. Next, I think next up, though, Jurgen Klopp is uh, Liverpool away. It's Liverpool, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's someone he's worked alongside and that is a, that was a great occasion. So we'd be wanting to keep a lid on things because he knows next week it could get really worked at Anfield. Two men who know each other's games inside out as well. Uh, loads of comments actually coming in on social media about Huddersfield. Helen Armitage, best result ever. I'm a Huddersfield fan. I'm over the moon with today's historic results. Uh, Sarah Collinson, living the dream. Happy Huddersfield fan tonight after an historic 2-1 win at home to Manchester United. They're all using the word historic, the Huddersfield fans. I wonder what word... The Manchester United fans would use to describe that game. Here are the thoughts of Jose. When I lose matches, I like to lose matches because uh, the opponent was better than, than us, had more quality than us. When you lose a football match because of attitude, that's really, that's really bad. And uh, I heard that Ander Herrera is in, is in the... the, the Flash interviews and he's saying that uh, the attitude and the desire was poor. Oh my God! When when a player says that and when a player feels that, I think they should all go to the press to the press conference and explain why. Because I can't explain. Not holding back. That's a clear message to his players, and they'll they'll see and hear that from him, won't they? Well, Sir Alex used to say, you know, when we used to play in games, that concentration was the most important thing, and it is. And if, if Manchester United are going to play Huddersfield, the only way they're not going to win the game is if they're not prepared or they don't put that effort in. By far the better team, technically. Mm -hmm. But that's the beautiful thing about this league, that you can get, almost get outfought, outworked. And I think it kind of, you saw with Leicester, you know, a couple of seasons ago, it almost creates its own momentum. And Huddersfield today, they did it against one of the best teams in our country, Manchester United. And I think that will hurt Mourinho more than anything, the fact that they were outworked. Uh, and, and didn't bring the effort that they normally have on, on, on any given game. We saw that with Crystal Palace against Chelsea last week, didn't we? The, the first half, you know, talent-wise, ability-wise, Chelsea should be wiping the floor with the greatest respect to Palace, but because they put, didn't put the effort in, didn't put the work in, very much like what Mourinho has alluded to there, you, you're going to get beaten by sides. Reputation counts for nothing when you play in the Premier League. That's the beauty yeah. of this league. You have to earn the right to be champions. They didn't play like champions today and that would have embarrassed Mourinho. There'd be an internal discussion about attitude and application. And is that a smart move from him? Well, look, we've seen in the past he's been critical of players. It hasn't always ended well for him or the club he's been at. It is a smart move because it put it, put it out there, put it, make it public and then the fans will be insistent that they give everything they've got to give in every football match and that's the only way and it was always going to be the way because if you look at what City are achieving just across the road, the noisy neighbours, they are playing a brand of football now which, is, which looks like they're going to make them champions. Mm. But there's a long, long way to go, of course we know that. But they've got to match that with uh, a pragmatic approach which they've showed recently at Anfield. But somehow for me that sort of stopped this juggernaut of Manchester United moving the way it was supposed to. He tried to switch it back on today and it didn't happen and maybe he's a part of that problem himself. Mm. Lindelof's play for the second goal from Huddersfield looked like something you'd see on a football field on a Sunday morning. 
What's his immediate future at United, do you think? Wow, he's really, really struggled. I mean, obviously, at Benfica, he was, you know, he played incredibly well in the Champions League, some great performances, but we saw him against Real Madrid in, in that Super Cup, he really struggled. And, and today, I mean, both goals he was involved in. And look, I think he's almost thrust into action. Phil Jones uh, went off injured and he's come on and really, really struggled. And I think the thing for Mourinho is you have to earn his trust. Mm. And I think today, I think he's, uh, he's, he's lost some of that with his performance. OK, I think I'm right in saying that United spent the same on him as Spurs spent on Vertonghen and out of eye roundabout. And look at the difference. Um, right, let's talk about Chelsea. And this is from uh, John Cross, who is a journalist for The Mirror. He says, um, I'm quite sure Silva has the potential to manage at the very top, but Conte's substitutions were decisive. And they were today. It was a funny old game, wasn't it? Because suddenly we were looking at that thinking, hold on a minute. Chelsea are in all sorts of trouble, but they showed real fight and spirit. There's no question, is there, that those players are playing for their manager? Well, I thought that was there in the midweek in the, in the Champions League, where they found themselves in a titanic struggle there. And they showed character and personality. And we've seen the likes of John Terry and people disappear from the football club. And now it's about building new personalities for the future. But I do feel that the tactics a little bit was the Vogue system was back three last year. Everyone's had a good look at it. And they've looked like they've been coming off second best, but the changes he made to get them to make them win that game, uh, the manager's really up for a fight, and it's a real struggle for the Chelsea this season. Mm. All the games they're playing, they should have been four-one down. Remarkably, I mean, Watford had some incredible chances. Ricardoson, they literally should have been four-one up. And credit Conte, he made some changes, but they were thoroughly well outplayed for large spells of that game. Batshuayi comes on and has a massive impact as he does at, off the bench. But Chelsea should have lost that game today if, if, if Watford were clinical. Yeah. And that, Go on. I was going to say, that, that, and that would be the concern from any Chelsea supporters' perspective, that had they come on the wrong side of the result today with the chances that Watford had, how far off the pace would they in the, in the title race? Because there's a lot of points between them already. Can they afford to slip yeah. up anymore? It's nine points, isn't it, Chelsea to City at the moment? They're not out of it yet, are they? No, but it's almost, they're so excellent. Man City yeah. watching them every week, that that's in the back of your mind. And then the heads-to-heads with when you play each other are huge and they're massive because they're going to take three points, City, off of all of the also-rans. They do. They give every team, don't they, a, a good hiding, really, when you see what they're yeah. capable of. So when you come to play each other, I mean, the Manchester United derby, which will come up in, uh, in a few months' time, is going to be... The Manchester fun. United derby. City fans won't like you calling it that. Well, the Manchester... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to be careful. It's little the Manchester United like derby for so many times. But, yeah, yeah that's going to be a, yeah. a massive game. Um, this talk, as there always is, when a team starts to struggle, have they got the strength and depth? Have they got the quality? And as usual, when you talk about that with Chelsea, we roll out this. There's not one page of these players, but in fact there's two. The number of Chelsea players on loan, let's take the first name there, Tammy Abraham. If you're scoring for goals... Why is he a... not playing that? I don't understand. Why would you loan him? Just keep him there it's on just the what they do, isn't bring it? It, it seems to be the way that they work. They put, a, they put a player out to see if they're good enough. And it's worked for Christensen. Maybe it'll work for Abraham. There's also players that have left the club that you would say that are performing now at other Premier League sides that you'd question whether... They were getting a starting lineup as well. There's a lot, a lot of players there. It's quite a remarkable number of players. And uh, when you're dealing with so many players, it's no wonder one or two slip through your thing fingers. And I think um, Abraham's is one of those. Loftus Cheek, you could say, is another one. And if he's saying he hasn't got players available, well, who's allowed those players to leave the football club? Because, you know, he, he, someone else must be making the decisions of personnel leaving the club to go on loan.
Is it healthy for a club to have that many players on loan, some of whom, of course, are on loan in the Premier League and can play against Chelsea's rivals and can't play against Chelsea? Jake, they shouldn't be allowed to have 35 players on loan. It shouldn't be, the, Why not? The Premier League shouldn't allow it. It's Why? Like, because those players should be playing in small teams that need quality offensive players. Well, they are, but they're on loan from Chelsea. No, but they should, they should play there full-time. I know they get, say, 20 grand a week, some of these young kids, but it's not beneficial for their career. How many of those kids you never really ever hear from? Marco Van Ginkel, how, how many times has he been alone? He's been there for about... Five years, yeah. and he's been alone about four. They should, they shouldn't be able to accumulate is the word that many players and have them on loan. I just don't agree with that. I, I think th the Premier League should should find a way to to affect that. It's just, I don't think it's right. I think though it's a legacy of the financial fair play where they tried to stockpile players four or five years ago, and with the the youth team players that they bring through. Every time you watch the 18s, the 23s play, they're the best there is alongside Man City. And you'll look at those players and you cannot believe that there isn't light at the end of the tunnel for those players. Why they're not making it in. And we are seeing players that are potentially good enough, but they need their manager to believe in them. And Conte doesn't really seem to believe in, in the English way. He's Christiansen is a youngster that he's coming through the club. Yeah. So he will play young players, but it almost needs to be forced to Support, play a player. Supporters want to see homegrown players that come through the club playing in the first team as well. I'm sure they do. Yes, they want to see the stars there, but... Getting that balance, you know, some of the great sides that we've seen in the past have been a, a good mixture and combination between signing quality players but having some homegrown talent. It makes well. everyone feel proud within the club, doesn't yeah. it? When one of the youngsters come through, when you came through at Bayern, yeah, people are, look, it's one of ours, he's coming through. You've got to give people that feeling at a football club because they go into work every day working with nurturing these kids and they never then end up in the first These team. young kids, they Deli Ali, that's the pathway you should follow. When, if you're 18, you should be playing men's football. You should be playing League One football, and then you should, and then you should kick on. When you're 20 or 21 playing in Chelsea's second team, whatever it is, it's too late. It's too late. You need to be playing men's football at 18. And I think for these young kids, rather than being big, big academies, they should be playing in teams like the MK, MK Dons or something similar and be playing men's football every week. How old were you when you won your first Champions League? Uh, 20, I think. But, I, but, but you know stat, what, no, <laughs> Jake, you know what, I played men's football, I played the equivalent of League One, I came out of the, the youth team and I played the equivalent of League One, men's football, so yeah. it was really difficult, older men, and the games were competitive, and you can get relegated in that league, so you had to learn a different style of play. These, a better system. There's a lost generation, I think, from almost from 18 to, you know, to 21, these kids need to be playing men's football straight away. When what, what's the answer though? You have Chelsea, you've got the money, Chelsea, you've got the players, what's the answer? They, need to, they do need to go out on loan, but much younger. Because we've got to create the, the realism. When you go out on loan and you're in a dressing room and people are talking about bonuses and paying mortgages and, and all the rest of it, we need to win today, it's life and death. You wake up and you, you realise the reality of it all. When you're just cocooned at the football club at Chelsea, you know, when everything's done for you and you're playing occasionally in a 23 game, there's nothing on it. There's, there's no, no edge to it. There's no. No, you're right, there's no edge. There's no competitive element. And football at this level is about competition. You know, and that's where you see there's a lot of great young players in academies that are good ball players but when the competitive part comes around they're not there and I think it gets lost you know you need to kind of work on that and I think from 18 to 21 if they're not getting that week in and week out how are they, how are they going to find a way to to work on that it's not just Chelsea though is it it is football it's everyone, now yeah. it's football now you know like young lads are playing that nice possession football without a real edge to first team football and playing against senior pros that have been around the game for a long time and having that real competitive edge to it and it probably doesn't help that footballers who've not played a first-team game or played one or two first-team games for top Premier League sides are sold for £15, £18 million. Pounds. So that, uh, that only adds to their desire to nurture these players and sell them for big money, doesn't it?
It's time to talk about Southampton with their captain. Thanks ever so much for coming up and chatting to us. Uh, you haven't even had time to put your trainers on. You've still got your socks on, actually, haven't you? You've not had a shower yet. Still on the kit, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what a way to win a football match, that goal was, eh? Yeah, it was a great piece of individual quality. I think worthy of goal, worthy of winning any game, and obviously a very important game for us with the results that we've had recently. Frustrating game for long periods. They're a hard old side to break down West Brom, aren't they? Yeah, listen, you know exactly what you're going to get. They're going to make it difficult for you to break them down and, and try and uh, close the gaps. So it was very difficult. It felt like it was going to be maybe one of those days again. Uh, we found goals of late a little bit hard to come by, but as I say, that was a, a goal worthy of winning any game and delighted for Sofian on a personal level. As, as a player out there today, Stephen, how, as the game went on, how did you feel that you know, the match was going to pan out? Did you have that belief as a team and, a, and as an individual player that the go that goal was coming? Yeah, I think we did. I think we kept trying to do the right things. We controlled the game for large parts, um, tried to get in the right areas. Obviously, Bertie's hit the post uh, in the first half, Charlie then in the second half as well. A couple of half chances in between times as well. So you have to just keep trying to get in the right areas, keep trying to do the right things. and. Um, obviously, the goal went against the green in terms of the individual quality, but um, delighted for him on a personal level. A very important three points for us. Do you think sometimes when you guys have so much possession, remarkably, I mean, you guys almost had 70% at times in this game, do you think sometimes it's hard to find the balance between possession, but then still penetrating at times and getting in behind? Yeah, I think, I think you'd be right in saying that there. Um, they obviously make you the way they set up, they make you try and force things, play into areas that they feel they can cut it out. and. Um, you do that at different times in the game, but it was important just to keep our heads, keep moving the ball. Maybe didn't move it quick enough at times, but whenever we did, we finally got into decent areas and, and putting balls into their box. They obviously changed and, and went to three at the back then as well at the end to try and shore things up. So I think whenever you win the ball back, especially over their counter-attack, and then you have to try and move it forward quickly to, to exploit those spaces. Yeah. I think the message was clear from Buffal when he scored the goal, wasn't it? I think he'd like to be playing some more football matches <laughs> yeah. at this football club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's frustration. Listen, for any player, yeah. if you're not playing, it's difficult. But whenever you get the opportunity, you have to try and make an impact and, and show why you should be playing. We've obviously got good quality within the team, good competition for places, and that'll do uh, his own personal, uh, on, on own personal level for him, no harm at all. What's he, what's he like? What kind of a guy is he? Listen, not short on confidence? No, he's not short on confidence. I've seen him take the ball in, in short spaces. He's got, obviously, unbelievable ability. I think for him, it's just about learning where to do those tricks in the, in, in the right areas. And he'll learn over that with time as well. He's still relatively young, but in terms of quality and, and individual ability, he's got, got it in abundance. If he gets it wrong, I'm sure you'll tell him. Uh, <laughs> the manager said post-match, I thought it was interesting, when Des Kelly asked him about Buffal, he said, look, I'm challenging him. I'm challenging him and I'm challenging the players. He's the Atkins, Pochettino, Kuma. He's the fifth manager you've played under in, yeah. in five years at Southampton. Tell us what he's like as a gaffer. Yeah, I've enjoyed him since he came in. He's a passionate guy. Uh, that rubs off in the players as well. He, he wants us to try and improve in every area. It, it goes into details as well. So whenever it comes to games, we're well prepared. We just ha Things haven't quite clicked overall in games so far. I think conference is obviously a factor as well. It always is in football. And, Today will do us no harm. Uh, it's important now we try and get a little bit of momentum. We've got two more games before the next international break and we can go into the, the next one against Brighton away with a lot of belief and, and try and get ourselves to an area in the table where we feel like we should be. We saw him change the, the formation a little bit and tweak that tonight. Is, was that something specific for tonight or just to try and get goals back into the side somehow? Yeah, I think he's, he's obviously changed it uh, last week, obviously this week as well. And I think it's just about trying to find the balance, right? He's probably still figuring out 
what his best team is, what his best formation is. Um, I think like any good manager, they look at the opposition as well and see where you can areas you can try and exploit as well. So um, he's got that level of detail that he goes into. I think obviously tonight it worked quite well, but whether we we keep that for the next match, uh, we'll soon find out. Well, I think the one thing I thought was really positive is obviously keep a clean sheet, but Van Dijk I thought played really really well tonight. He looked like almost back to his best, really confident, assured, good on the ball. I mean. They're positives. Obviously, you need to address maybe scoring more, but defensively, you guys look stronger today. Yeah, they look solid. Listen, we all know the quality that, that Virgil's got. I think he's came in for the last few games. It was, people sometimes forget that he's been out since January before that. Um, obviously, there was all the talk about the summer and, and missing a little bit pre-season, which is also another factor. But, listen, he's a top-quality player. We're delighted that he stayed at the club. and. You can see by his level of performance today that, that he's fully committed. What about Lamina? He looked like an absolute powerhouse. I mean, people were bouncing off him. Yeah, he's been an excellent signing for us so far. He's been uh, one of our best players in the last few weeks. You can see the quality that he's got. Also, as you say, a very powerful boy, and um, he's got that sort of burst of five or, five or ten yards of pace as well. So he's been a great addition for us. Let's uh, quickly hear from Tony Pulis. Here are his thoughts on the goal. Have a, have a listen. Tony, it looked like you're going to hang on for a point, at least get something from this, but of course they scored that extraordinary goal. Can you admire that or does it frustrate you as a opposition coach? Yeah, he's gone forward past five players and he's got great ability and everything else, but uh, the game's changed. You know, years ago, I think he would have been stopped a little bit earlier than that. Um, but uh, as you say, the punters will see it as a great goal. <laughs> Good way of putting it. He would have been stopped a bit earlier than that. As soon as we started playing it, you know, weren't he just going to say he should have fouled him? <laughs> I mean, it was one of those moments where you just need to take the player out of the game, wasn't it? There's scenarios where we've seen in a lot of games on a weekly basis, sometimes a player taking a booking, not quite sending off maybe, but taking a booking, which is yeah. good game management to, to try and... So conceding. How would uh, Franny Benali have dealt with a player doing that against him? <laughs> He'd probably be sitting up here beside us. <laughs> he would have ended up somewhere. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about the uh, the playoff, the World Cup playoff. Of course, you yeah. uh, you drew Switzerland. Did, did you watch the draw happening live? Because there were some big teams in there. Yeah, literally just getting from training and time to see it. So um, I think we've got to be happy with it. Listen, there was no easy game for us, but yeah. to avoid Croatia and Italy was a big factor for us. But been going with real belief. Uh, as I said, it's going to be very difficult. But if you had said this at the start of campaign, we'd have two two games to get to a World Cup. Would have bit your hand off. But. And you know, when you're in and around the dressing room and you, you draw a team in a cup or something, the next morning you can chat about it in training. What are you all on WhatsApp sharing your thoughts about the, the fixture and stuff? Yeah, yeah we've got a WhatsApp group between the boys, so um, there's been a little bit of chat and that, obviously, in the fixtures. Very good. And that'll be cap 100. It will, yeah. Special. It's going to be a special night. Hopefully, uh, another memorable night. Obviously, back home in front of our home crowd. So, uh, hopefully, all the boys can come through on skiers. Obviously, I don't know what Johnny Evans has done today. I haven't had a chance to yeah. pop in the dressing room and see, but hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Get on WhatsApp and find out. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that put you what third highest cap player? Is that right? It will, yeah. It will. So is there. Well, seeing the, the, the miles that you cover on a pitch, Stephen, I mean, you, you, your energy levels, I mean, uh, that's a massive plus that comes to the side. So, you know, your fitness levels won't be a problem. How, how long would you, you like to go for? Listen, as long as I'm enjoying it, we've been in a great place. It's been a great journey the last few years with the experience at the Euros. And obviously, if we can achieve a dream of getting to the World Cup, then, then that would be massive as well. And I'm always very proud to play for my country. And, would like to play for as long as possible. That must be one of the most pressurised situations, having a knockout, you know, for, to get to a World Cup. I mean, do you approach it any different? 
any differently the game? Listen, I think it's going to be one? a little bit difficult because the game's on the, the Thursday, so we don't have a lot of preparation time mm. going into it. So That might not be a bad thing, though, hey? Just get yeah. in the game. Th- listen, we always enjoy going back home. We've got a good record at home as well, so it's um, you never know. Obviously, the draw, whether it can work in your favour, playing at home or away first with away goals. But if we can get, get ourselves in front and give ourselves a foothold in the game, going out there with something to hang on to, then we'll be in a really good position. Good man. Look, thanks ever so much for joining us. Pleasure. I'm well aware you still haven't had a shower since the game <laughs> finished. So we're going to let you go and get yourself sorted out. Thanks ever Thank so you much. much. Cheers, Steve. Three word match report for Southampton today. How would you sum it up? Uh, We've only got 10 minutes. I was trying to think of the list. I was positive thinking okay. we were going to get that one gold. Yeah. Absolute brilliance to win. Absolute brilliance to four. win. You're as bad oh, as Martin Keogh in his two-word <laughs> match report. That's why I got a, a level three in CSE. All right, good try. It's hard on the spot, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, let's have a look at the goals then from the game last night. Uh, West Ham against Brighton. How on earth do West Ham, with all due respect to Brighton, lose 3-0 to a newly promoted team, Owen? Well, look, home. set pieces. Obviously, it wasn't much in the game at that point, but set pieces give you a chance. And that's a terrific delivery in. And they've just been poor defensively, but... I mean, this is an absolutely stunning, stunning goal. Drop of shoulder there. And a brilliant take. No chance, really, for Joe Hart. And I just think then you start committing bodies forward and you just get picked off. That, I mean, that's a disastrous result for, for West Ham, no question. I think the worrying thing is, apart from Carroll, it was most of the players that the manager would have been looking to get into the team. And there was no hiding place. Yeah. And his, um, his interview afterwards was quite telling. He, he almost seemed like he was... On death row afterwards, and, and didn't have, didn't give a good enough an explanation as to why he should be kept in the job, and he really is. For me, he's on borrowed time now. I don't like to say it about a manager, but I, I really can't see a way forward with, with the current team and setup that they have there. Something's going to have to change. Well, let's get the thoughts of a West Ham fan. This is what Baz Cox thinks. This football club has lost its heart, its soul, its passion through two people moving this here to this place where we compete. You only compete if you spend that. Without spending that, you don't get any better. I'm a big Slavin Bilic fan. Your time's up, mate. Your time is up. You cannot do anything to defend today. It's finished. Look, Franny, you played for Southampton when they moved from the Dell, which was an atmospheric old ground, and they came to a very different stadium. Is it the ground, or is there something fundamentally wrong with the way that West Ham are going about it? I think there's an element of the ground. Um, you know, those old stadiums, the Dell especially, um, and West Ham are found, and, and Baz is a huge West Ham fan. That would be hurting him. Um, but the Dell gave us an opportunity to play against the bigger sides, getting in amongst them. If the crowd were right on top of the, the pitch as well, it, it took some adjusting coming here to St Mary's when we did. And, and there was talk about a curse on the pitch and all kinds at the time. So... Um, it does take time to settle into a new, new surroundings in a modern stadium. It was only a few weeks ago, or three weeks ago, we were sitting on this very show and all three of the opponents in front of me were defending Slavon, defending West Ham, saying they need to stick with the manager. What, what, what is changing there to give people the belief that Slavon is the right guy going forward? Well, look, um, Martin, as Martin said, you know, he's, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult for him. I think everybody likes him as a bloke, and I think he, he tries to play the right way. But it's, whatever the blend of the team is, it's not working. And it's, I'm not really sure what West Ham are. The defensive team or the attacking team, the blend of it isn't really working. And obviously the issue going into the new ground is one. But 
clubs need to move forward. You get bigger grounds, you get hospitality, and it's important to create more revenue. You can't stay in the past. I know that ground was one of the hardest to play at, but they're at this ground. Stop making excuses. There are a lot of good players there. They should be able to get a team on the pitch that, that gets very good results. I'm amazed how poor they are defensively, the amount of goals that they've conceded. I think if you're a board member, you look at it, I think they, from memory, they lost the first three games of the season. Mm. So alarm bells were ringing. They were all away, weren't they, because yeah. of the stadium issue. They played That's them all right. away. They played them all away. Then there was an improvement last week. They got uh, Carroll was sent off, and you thought, OK, there was going to be a good result there. But to lose 3-0 against Brighton, a newly promoted team who didn't really play with any confidence, certainly the last time I saw them at the Emirates, is almost a, it just can't happen. It cannot happen. It's, and that creates a crisis. At well, the it is a crisis. We know the board met today, to, we believe, to discuss Bilic's future. Um, you both struggle on three-word match reports. Let's go for one-word answers and see how you do on this. Is it now time for West Ham to make a change? Well, it, if it's not the end, it's the beginning of the end. One word answer. <laughs> I don't like to say someone should go. Well, say, no, but you can say for no. Me, it's, it's over. So that's. Is it time for West Ham to make a change? For sure, I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, one word answer. Is it time for West Ham to make a change? No. Franny? No. Okay. Interesting. I'd like very to say patient one. football players. Know. Very patient former football players. In uh, West Ham fans, though, perhaps don't feel the same. There were messages uh, yesterday on social media talking about the game. They weren't very positive. And uh, lots of messages for the owners as well. Uh, have, a listen, have a listen to this. This is messages for your owners. Hi, it's John here. I'm a Spurs fan. Um, my message to the owners would just be keep doing what you're doing, producing great young players, investing in youth, and don't get sucked into paying inflated fees for mediocre players like so many other clubs are doing. A message to the owners, um, keep being in the background the way you have been because you don't hear uh, the Glazers talked about anywhere near like they were when the purchase first happened. Um, I think the main thing is keep backing Jose. You know, we don't want, we, we haven't liked the manager change over the last few years or we were used to the Ferguson uh, consistency. Regardless of Manchester United's success, I will never ever like the Glazers. I will never ever support them and never ever give them my backing. If Swansea's Facebook page had an owner relationship status, it would be, it's complicated. Dean Oyle, what a guy. Started out owning a card factory, turned it into owning a football club and will be forever grateful. So Dean, from me and the thousands of other fans, here's one you made earlier. I love that. It's a, it's a strange thing, isn't it, being the owner of a football club? Because when it's all going well and you're spending a lot of your money, then it's great. As soon as it's not going well, the fans have got very little patience for you sticking around. What, in your eyes as an ex-player, what, what makes a good owner, do you think? Someone that doesn't get involved? Someone who just spends all their money? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, putting your faith and belief and trust in the, the team that are running the football side and the off-pitch side. Um, and I don't think anyone would, from a, a player management side of things, would want an interfering owner and, and, and almost like dabbling and, and, and having too much of a say in team selection and things like that. Yeah. Um, and whether that goes on at this level now, who knows. But um, it's, it's someone that would put the money in, like Sir Jack Walker, that's almost like the, the romance of it years ago, wasn't it? You know, like someone that was just delighted to have seen the success, putting his money in, almost letting everybody get on and deal with it. Um, mm. But he picked the right manager, didn't he? The single most important thing is to pick the right manager and then let him manage. Mm. And if you don't like him, then you make the changes. But you've got to support people, you've got to trust them, and you've got to believe in the people that Fancy work. Fancy buying a football club, Owen? I wish I could, if I had the money, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be all over <laughs> that. But 
He's so modest. I've seen his hat. <laughs> uh, right, just let me know. Uh, let me tell you what else is coming your way next Saturday. BT Sports score from 2.30. Bournemouth against Chelsea next Saturday from 5 o'clock. And then more Premier League tonight. A longer version. The one we love. 8 till 9 as always on Saturday night. Thanks ever so much for your company. Enjoyed it? I have. Exactly, yeah. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. You can come back again if you deliver goals <laughs> like that. It was your positive thinking. Gentlemen, thank you both very much as well. As always, the last word is yours. Good night. Never felt more like singing the blues when City win, United lose. Five points clear. Normal service resumed here for Crystal Palace at St James's Park. Sickener of a late goal. Demoralised. Time to go on. Fighting all fighting. Absolutely worth that socks off as normal. What a performance. Three points, onwards and upwards. Come on, lads. It's not looking good at all, Soak at the moment. Things need to uh, change, improve. Quickly. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. Make sure you join us again for more debate and laughs next week following our live game from the Vitality Stadium as Bournemouth host the champions Chelsea. Oh, and please subscribe to ensure you receive each week's podcast direct to your device every Saturday night. And if you enjoyed the show, which I'm sure you did, we wouldn't mind you leaving us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.